0: Welcome to Apparently Speaking, the podcast from Northeast Ohio Parent Magazine with your host, Miriam Conner. Hi, this is Miriam, and welcome to Apparently Speaking. On this episode, I will be talking to mom, Sarah Dressel, about what it's like to be a mom and receive a scary health diagnosis. This episode is sponsored by Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at mazdakent.com. Thank you, Sarah, so much for being here. Sarah is absolutely beautiful inside and out, and it takes a lot of courage to come on and share something so personal. I know that you've been very open on your social media about it, which I think is is really cool, um, just because I'm sure that it's very helpful um, to a lot of women because, unfortunately... You know, there are a lot of moms going through similar yes. things um, that you've had to deal with, unfortunately. So I'm sure that it probably gives people some at least comfort and encouragement that they're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, it's it's very personal and it takes a lot of guts. So thank you for being here.
1: Aww, thank you for having me. You're welcome. So first, tell me about your family. Okay. So I am married to a man named Mike for 17 years, which makes me feel very old. To say that. And then we have five. You don't look old, so that's what matters. <laughs> Thank you. And then we have five children, ages between 5 and 11 years old. So five, six, eight, ten, 10, and 11.
0: Right. So, you're, so you don't have much going on right, during the day. Right. Completely boring yeah. all day
1: long. Yes. We call it joyful chaos. And some <laughs> days it's heavier on the joy, and some days heavier on the chaos, <laughs> oh, that's or by good, the minute, like you know. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But They're it's adorable,
0: fun. though. They're all good. Yeah.
1: And so you have, with as far as boy-girl... So we go girl boy girl boy boy. Okay. Yes, and so the, they are still advocating for a sixth, so that we oh. can even the ranks. Oh, but perfect. I don't know. We'll see. I feels very full right now. Oh, so. but I see like a. May- <laughs> I hear like a maybe in there. Yeah, I hear I like you're giving Down them maybe the a chance. I Exciting. Mean, yeah, we would definitely be open to adopting again if we could. Right. It just is a matter of I don't know. The time. Some things need to fall into place. Sure. Like You're, any more hours happen. in the day. It's going to happen. Yeah. I can't wait. Okay, so <laughs>
0: tell me, tell, just if, if you will, just kind of tell me, you know, what happened? Were you just had having yeah. a
1: regular uh, office visit? Did you suspect something was wrong? Okay. Yeah, this is where I think it's crazy because I had no idea. I felt nothing. Nothing was, you would have no idea anything was amiss. And then I went in for my first ever routine mammogram. Um, and I had told the children before I left, and I said, "Hey, I'm going to this appointment where they're gonna smash mommy's breasts like pancakes, <laughs> and they're gonna look through it, and they're gonna see what's going on." And I said, "That's kind of crazy, sure they huh?" Loved hearing that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But well, so we're very open with the children. Clearly. So yeah, they, um, which actually turned out to kind of bite me in the butt a little bit with my eldest. So because later she suspected something was wrong before I was able to tell her. Oh, she could read your <clears throat> yeah, face, because, your body yeah. language. Okay. So I went to the appointment, kind of somewhat excited to have a mammogram. <laughs> it which... is very I know I'm usually excited. It's very exciting. Yeah. Yes. Because I kind of felt like it was a rite of passage. Okay, here I am, I'm forty, I just turned forty, and you have to go do this thing now. Yeah, you know, it was no big deal, um, and just being myself, I was talking to the tech uh, who's taking the pictures after every picture, and I'm like, "Oh, what is that? Or what is this?" And the screen is like three feet tall, and it's a gigantic breast on the screen, and, <laughs> and so you can see I have everything. To see where you go because <laughs> see that high tech place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so um, she did the one side, and then when she went to go do the other side, there was like a white film kind of all over the picture. And I asked her, I said, what is all that white stuff? And she said, oh, it's probably your deodorant. And I said, oh, but I use the baby wipes like you told me to, to clean off any residue. And she said, yeah, um, I'll be right back. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember standing in that room, you know, in that flimsy little pink robe. Right. And the room is gigantic. And then, like I said, my the picture of my breast was like three feet tall. And so. it, are you still like looking at that picture while oh, yeah. she's gone? Oh, yeah. cuz my gosh. Said, I mean, if, where else do you, Right, you but know? I mean, she, it was left up oh, there. Yeah. Oh, no. So then you know this is not good news. Mm-hmm. If, if any time you're getting a ultrasound or a radio, whatever, and then they say they'll be yeah. back, they have to be go right talk back. to someone. And say, yeah. it's, it's not bad. good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then they came back, and she took a bunch more pictures. Um, and then she sent me to a little waiting room. And told me to wait there while she worked with the radiologist. And I remember walking into the room, and it was a very small room, and it was made to basically distract you from your reality. So it was very teeny, maybe three chairs, but there was like two or three televisions, magazines, radio going, snacks everywhere. Oh, interesting. And there was this little lady in there, probably... 80 years old oh. with her a sweet little curled hair and she and I both had our flimsy little pink um, gowns oh, on. No. And I just looked at her and she looked at me and we just smiled because we both know why we're in this little room, you know. Ugh. And then um, you And you were by yourself at by the appointment, myself, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Thinking it was just a run yeah, of the mill I'll you know, be first in one. And out. Mm-hmm. So they took me back to the uh, back into the room to do more imaging, then they sent me back to the little, you know, waiting chamber. Then they took me back one more time, and then they said, we're going to send you to ultrasound. By then I know, okay, this is really not good, <laughs> whatever they've seen, but they won't communicate okay, to you at that point, right? Yeah. So then they send me to ultrasound, and they're all up in my armpit, and I'm like, that's not my breast. And they're like, they're looking for the lymph node. I didn't know that at the time. The radiologist comes in, and her first words, she looked at me very sweetly and in a very nice tenor of voice, but she said... Does anybody in your family have breast cancer? And I thought, oh my God, I have breast cancer. Oh my God. And then that was we kind of went through that whole that whole process. And then she quickly booked me a biopsy for I was leaving for Portland the next morning. So the first day I got back from Portland was my biopsy. So you had to go on a trip the next day. And yeah, like with yeah. my daughter, yeah. And try to pretend that everything all is was fine. fine.
0: <laughs> so you went home, you're like, okay, I have this schedule. You drive home. I'm not, what was that drive home like? I know you're by yourself. Did you call like, it was your ugly. husband or did you just?
1: No, I wanted to do it. I wanted to talk to him in person. Okay. I didn't trust my own voice, first of all. The only, I really only had one big cry in this process, and it was walking in the parking lot from the building to the car. Um, I kind of had no shame at that point. I didn't, couldn't control myself. I was trying to just make it to the car because I had to call to schedule my biopsy, actually, when I got to the car. They told me to call and schedule it. So I knew I had to make that phone call, and I was just so overcome because as I was walking out of the hospital, I'm passing people who are coming in for whatever procedures they're coming in for or appointments they're coming in for or to work or whatever. And I'm like, here I came in, and I'm walking out. And all these people have no idea that I just got this diagnosis. And my life's changed in a matter of hours or seconds in that scan, you know. And I'm walking past them. I'm like, nobody. It's just the weirdest, most surreal feeling. And then I got into the parking lot, like I said, and just kind of bawled. Got into the car. Tried to make that phone call. I got through. I need to make an appointment for a. And then I just blubbered. And I told her, I'll have to call you back. And then I kind of blubbered on the way home. And then once I got home, I realized, okay, okay, that's done. Got that out. And I cannot control this. I will do my best to do what I need to do. But now I need to communicate to Mike, to my husband. And um, we need to go from there. And really it was, um, I really felt like I, I got a sense of peace already was beginning to take hold of me by the time that I got to the house.
0: Okay, well, that's good. Yeah, because you have to walk in in everybody's home, right? Everybody's home. Everyone's there.
1: Yeah, they're all like, How was
0: your appointment? Why were you gone so long? Yeah, tell us about it because you told us about it before. Yeah, Yeah. you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, how How was it? Yeah, how was it? Now, one (laughs) one question, and obviously, we don't know what we would do because now you have more information, obviously, but would you have told them? where you were going like where you were even going yeah would you were you kind of like I wish that they didn't even know like I would have said just like oh I just have to do some errands Mm -hmm. because then they wouldn't
1: have you know what I mean I do I um I don't think so actually okay because it allowed the process to be very team team oriented like from the very beginning they understood that what was going on now you know we didn't tell them definitively but I just said, hey, you know, there was, it didn't go great. When, you got, home, things, like right yeah, when you got home, like right when I just home. said there okay. were some things they saw. It didn't go great. But we're going to we're gonna get it figured out. I'm going to have a couple more appointments. Um, I didn't want to say for sure cancer because they hadn't done the biopsy yet right. to confirm that. So I just said, I, you know, I don't know. Tried to keep it as casual yeah, and casual. as comfortable as I could. But then I think that helped because then all along the process they were informed that, you know, not everything was going great for mommy. But mommy was still upbeat and mommy's still taking care of me and mommy's still, you know, mommy. So. Yeah. I mean,
0: if you really, you know, now that you're saying that, I'm like, that is really a good role model example to them. mm
1: -hmm. Not that
0: you have to be, it's okay if you're upset some days and you cry and I'm sure sure. we'll talk about that. You know, I'm sure they they saw that too, which is fine. Yeah, It's good because then they see you're human, but it is good that they saw, you're not going to let that just you're not yeah. just crumble, crumble me- you me-iveness. right yeah. uh, you know for right now you know so yeah. there it's okay to be upset and talk we sure. have days or moments yeah. or whatever but that you know what you this is it's yeah. you can't control it yes. like you said Sorry so we have yeah. to try to so I mean I think that was I mean that takes a strong person you know I think to wake um, up and you've got you know five kids <laughs> that you have to yeah. you know what I mean oh, take care of all day yeah. and and they're they're leaning on you yeah. and, and it, it's it takes a really strong person to actually to get out of bed because I mean, yeah. think it would be easy and it would be okay. You know, no yeah. one would fault you if you're like, no. I'm just going to kind of, yes.
1: things are going to stop for a while. I'm not sure oh what to gosh. do. Yeah. You know, so. That's one of the things I think is really interesting is how, because there's so many women that deal with breast cancer, cancer as a whole, but particularly breast cancer is just so prolific. And I knew that it was before but when you start to when you actually have it people come out of the woodwork and say oh my sister or my mom or my coworker or i or there's someone you know personally someone you love personally Absolutely. who has been affected by breast cancer it's so um so it's so pervasive and each person has handled it so differently i am like an open book about everything really so it makes sense that i would be very open with our family, with my friends to talk about what's going on. I have sweet friends who are very private. Right. I didn't want anybody to know. And I'm like, yeah. Whatever works for you, of you course, do that. that whatever you want to be b- angry. Them. You want to be mm-hmm. upset, crying. You want to be completely private. You are entitled to mm-hmm. however you process this. Mm-hmm. And for me, for obviously, the way it worked out for me, it, it makes sense. And that seems like it's therapeutic for you. It is Maybe therapeutic, Maybe when you yeah. talk it out and you share yeah. and it's
0: just that works it for is. you. Like you said, it's someone may – <laughs> people – like, yeah, I, I know people where – I never knew any of it until like the like they're maybe they're you know they're better then, but like oh I mm. went through this whole thing I'm like what you, you know, never said I anything never like well I didn't really and that's yeah. fine you know what I mean like that's totally fine but um you know for you right yeah. it's you know talking it out and sharing and yeah. even something like this you know it's um that's obviously you it know is. good for you therapeutic for you and it to feel too maybe that you're helping other people
1: absolutely is helping you that is that is where like the joy part comes into uh-huh. it is you hope that anything that you're experiencing. If you can possibly, you know, help somebody else along their journey, that is a beautiful feeling, and it's a sweet feeling. And so, you just, I love, I love that. And so, I just hope and pray that anything might work out. You know, that might people might be encouraged, or it might, you know, or that they get their breast checked. That's what I really ah, hope. I'll, you know. I'm sure all of it. That's what <laughs> I'm sure all of it is, is yeah. going to happen because of you. So we're
0: going to take a quick break here um, from a sponsor, and then we'll be back in just a couple minutes. Keep talking with you, Sarah. Hey, this is Miriam from Apparently Speaking. Join the Mazda family like I did at Montrose Mazda Kent. You'll love the selection of new and used cars and lease options. We are on our third car from Kent Mazda. We keep going back because of the ease of purchase, and it has been by far the best deal we could find each time. Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at mazdakent.com. Hey, we are back talking with Sarah Dressel, and, you know, you told you told us about that day you went to that visit, what happened um, at that appointment and when you came home. And so then, you know, you, you said your kids, you know, you were very open with them right away. You know, they knew, they sensed something, especially your oldest daughter. Was it something like when you walked in the door, like, do you think she kind of read your... Face um,
1: a little bit or a little bit later. I tried or, not to make eye yeah. contact okay. with anybody when I came in. <laughs> I'm I'm an ugly crier, so I get red splotches all okay, over. So and they're so I'm like, like Oh, if I, they see me, yeah, they're gonna have crying cry that I've been crying. So been crying. Like, What's up? Yeah. So <clears throat> I tried to just avoid eye contact and I grabbed my husband and took him upstairs and we, we talked. Yeah. Um, Were so they kind of like then though? Like, did they even realize it? Or I maybe? think my oldest started okay, to have some clings in that something like, was a Well, yeah. But we tried to keep it again very like, hey, I just gotta tell daddy something, okay. and um, we'll be down in just a minute. Uh, for her, apparently, it wasn't until so the when I went to Portland the next day, and I came home three days later with her. We had gone on a little mommy daughter mm-hmm. trip, and the next morning at eight a.m., I had my biopsy, and Mike came with me to drive me there. And he never comes to oh, any right, right. of my so appointments. she's like, there's a reason so, he's yeah. going. Yes. So finally, whenever we got the official word that I did indeed have lobular carcinoma, invasive lobular carcinoma, that um, I when I we call the children together for a family meeting and I said, okay, guys, we have to, you know, talk about something. And Caroline says... Um, do you have breast cancer? I'm like, she asked whoa. you that. Whoa, she was. <laughs> whoa. She was. Yeah, okay. she was with it. And yeah. I said, how did you oh, know? Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And she said, well, you've been going to so many appointments. And I had, you know, several MRIs and several right. biopsies. And my mom had come up for a couple of them. Oh, so she's just putting and it all said, together. And she said, yeah, something is amiss. I don't know how she got the word cancer per se. I mean, she's just a smart thing. So yeah. she put it together. And then the rest of the kids were like, you know, they know the word cancer. Right, but what but like, what mean? does that I mean? Yeah. yeah. What
0: is that? So yeah. you kind of explained it mm-hmm. as much as you you know, whatever wanted to yeah. at that point.
1: It was a yeah, that was that was one of the three hardest parts. Okay. and um, was talking to my children, even though I knew that they already knew things weren't going great. But just getting the words out, right? Saying right? That, that I have, I have, breast, have cancer. breast cancer, those words,
0: that and once hard. I
1: got through those words, I'm like, great, whew, now we can talk. Now we can talk about what does this mean? How does this? How will this look? How will it affect mommy? How will it affect you guys? But it was, yeah. For some reason, it was like a, you know, like a damn like pressure filling in my yeah. chest to get those words out. And then once I got them out, I'm like, oh. Felt, okay, I can bring yeah, We can talk about it. <laughs> we and can talk, can, yeah. Yeah, that's... I the so how off. did Let's they... I know
0: some it. of them are young, you know, so... Yeah. It, the different ages, and sometimes, uh-huh. you know, they hear that, but they don't really... Yeah. But probably especially Caroline. I mean, were they scared, obviously, at first, or were they kind of... Mm. But the way Impressive. that you're...
1: I feel like you told them you made them feel secure we tried our best and we have one um child who is has a bent for the dramatics okay and so (laughs) she immediately burst into overcome crying (laughs) and i we had to just you know speak with her and say hey this isn't okay yeah this this is okay it's gonna be okay and then i had been tearing up and so we have one kiddo who's a very a uh, sympathetic crier, so he was crying with me, not over the situation, just, just because cause, I cause was crying. upset. So, yeah. yeah,
0: mommy's upset. Yeah. So, and uh... then the little
1: boys just were like, oh, right. "Okay, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you got breast cancer. Okay, all right. <laughs> What's next? Yeah. <laughs> what are uh, you know? What are we doing now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was kind of the gamut. Yeah. Caroline was very concerned. Our oldest was yes. very concerned um, because she knew she knows what that's about. She's right. You know, she knows what it can mean. Yes. Um, so that and, scared her. Yeah. Just yeah. so she was more fearful, very quiet. Very okay. introspective, held on to it until later that night when she was going to bed, and then had a had a hard time going to bed that night, just worried. Worrying. And we yeah. talked about how, you know, we can. It's natural to worry, but that's not very effect, you know helpful. And we're gonna try our best just to be as positive about the process as we can, and walk in faith the best that we can, knowing that we have great people taking care of us and great doctors, and and we can't control. Right. Right. We can't control. So we'll do our best. Do
0: you think that um, it's affected your parenting just since you had that diagnosis and how? Like, do you you think that you kind of look at things differently or as far as your kids or, Mm -hmm. you know, anything
1: like that? Um, I think it has as far as in some ways. Yes. Um, Anytime you get a diagnosis that is potentially terminal Mm -hmm. and that causes, you know, lots of difficulty within the family. I think it is, it can be a very um, beautiful thing actually, because when I'm working with, when I'm talking with the kids, they recognize my frailty as a human. I am not this super mom person. I, they've seen me broken. They've seen me, um, you know, in pain. And I think that letting them into that world a little bit has created like just a very dear team, like team family unit that um is very sweet and special. So in that way I think I would like to continue that. Like it's like no there's obviously you have to watch what you say. It's not like you're gonna tell them everything. Right. Right. You guard them, you protect their little ears and their hearts, but at the same time just letting them into knowing that, hey mommy's mommy's a human too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And mommy has Bad things that happen to her also. Yeah. And here's how we get through it.
0: And right. And if something you know. bad happens to you, we're gonna talk. Mm-hmm. You know, we're gonna yeah. and we're gonna work through it as best yeah. we can, as much as we can control yeah. it. You know. But exactly. like, I like that you're very honest with them. Hey, you know, you don't want to scare them, but right. like some things we don't. We right. can't control, right. you know. It's so only to a certain extent. So, right. you know, we're gonna do the best we can. And I like the, your team approach, and my my husband will like that because he always says team Connor, you yes. know, anything. So <laughs> yeah. team Dressel, with you, they, they love is, it. Team yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: what they say. Is,
0: really is on it. Yeah. Um. Now, you know, you, you went to that appointment, you know, you told your kids, we talked a little bit about how, you know, that's affected your family and and you and your parenting mm-hmm. and things like that. So what um, is happening now or, or since that diagnosis, I guess, you, yeah. know, you had the biopsy, you, you right. found that out. So what did you have to, mm-hmm. before we maybe get to like exactly right now, like what did you
1: have to go through? The process, yeah. yeah. So we had to do um, three different biopsies. One of them was just... Um, in the doctor's office where they did it under ultrasound and then two of them were through mri which i had never had an mri before and that experience alone was enough to just make make me go you know i was it was so terrifying going inside that little tube and people who have had it before are like oh it's not you, know, you think it's awful it's too awful. okay people are like it's not that bad i'm like okay i'm a wimp because i know it's terrifying yeah it's, it's yeah terrifying um And yes. And also they had that sound going in the MRI. I think it's a cooling agent to somehow keep it cool, but it sounded to me like techno music. And so I told them, and I was like, why are they playing techno music? This is like so stressful already. I can't. The second time I said, can you guys not play the techno music this time? And they're like, uh, lady. Techno music. Yeah. It's just the sound of the machine. I'm like, that's so funny. Can you not play the techno music? Okay. We'll turn it off. Right. This is how we do our job. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, did those, um, and then after that was done, I met with the oncologist. So you meet with the surgical oncologist. You meet with the plastic surgeon, and you develop your plan of action. And um, I had to do a single mastectomy because the cancer was throughout the breast. There okay. was a, um, it was all. The like it looked like someone had just like blown a dandelion, and all the little seeds had gone all over the breast. That's what the white mm-hmm. on the image yeah. that you originally saw. Yeah, it was calcifications. Saw. Okay. And calcifications in and of themselves are don't, I are don't, not do not does not necessarily mean it's cancer. Mm-hmm. But in my situation, cancer had deposited okay. in these areas, and then I also had a tumor in addition to that. So that breast had to go. <clears throat> the other breast was not medically necessary. And that's where we came into, well, now we have a choice do to we make, do? right? And you can find lots of good defense for however Anything you, you want, yes. you look it up and you can yes. find. Either
0: way. I do like that sometimes because I want to be told what I want to hear. <laughs> yeah. So I'll purposely
1: look right? that side up and right. not the other. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is perfect. This, I was right. Yep, I was right. Sure. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I'm hemmed and hauled about that for a little bit. The doctor basically said, hey, medically, we only have to do one. I will do a bilateral if you choose for peace of mind. And insurance, thankfully, covers it. Great. It's a beautiful they thing. They yeah. should. exactly. I was I guess I was a little bit surprised that it, they do cover taking one that is medically fine. Um, but I was pleased to hear that. Um, and I really was torn until about five days before. And I went to a cancer support group meeting for the first time. And I shared what I was going through, that I was getting ready to have my surgery in five days and that I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And at the conclusion of the meeting, I was, um, there was an onslaught of people just coming in droves, coming to tell me, first of all, just to love on me and to pray with me and just hold my hand and just sweetness. And then they were, but everyone in that room is a cancer survivor. Everybody. Oh, all survivors. Yeah. Or going through it. going through it. Yeah. It's a great support. It's the most amazing group. It's a collection of angels, I swear to you. (laughs) It is like my favorite room ever. Um, And so they came in and they were telling me, hey, I did this. I had breast cancer. I I took off one breast and later had to take off another. Or I chose to do a lumpectomy and I later had to do X, Y, Z. Or I did both. And, you know, everybody was giving me their stories. And the leader of our cancer group said that he had been told that the first step you take against cancer, make it aggressive, make it strong. Like, and he okay. was told that you don't, there's no need to like, you know, tiptoe around cancer. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, I I'm just am hearing do it. all of this. And um, I, it is aligning with what I felt like in the very beginning. Because when I first found out that day that I was lying on that ultrasound mm-hmm. table and that radiologist came in and said, does anybody else in your family have breast cancer? And in that moment, when I knew, I thought, I want them gone. Uh-huh. Just take it. Gone. Yeah. I've already nursed my babies. Yeah. Um. I don't need them. So, but then along the way, I had, you know, oh, well, medically, I, don't, I only have to take off one. And, you know, and so that all oh, that was so affirming, was such an answer for prayer for me that I thought, I'm walking with this. Yes. And so yeah. I contacted my surgeon that day and I said, we're taking off both. Yeah. And then as far as reconstruction goes, then you have – depending on what kind of cancer you have and, like, what the shape of your breasts are and, like, the size of them determines what kind of reconstruction you can do. So there's crazy procedures where they, like, cut your – a back right here and they flap it forward and make a breast that way or they take it from your tummy and flap it up and make that's a breast crazy. that way. Hey, that's not Hey, that sounds alright.
0: Right? That <laughs> right? <one. laughs> he said, we'll have to take a little bit of
1: uh, fat out. I'm like, okay, well, you go right ahead. Hi, said yeah, you us. didn't have any, but right? no, yeah. I definitely did. Yeah, I was like, can you take crazy. it out of the hip? And all the and options, and... like all the yeah. different, it's like, wow. And it just depends on, like yeah. 70% of women go with a typical implant. Right. Um, the other ones, But it has it has like a 25% chance of um, infection. Oh, that's high. Oh yeah, up to 25%. My particular doctor was only his average about was at eight or nine percent, but it can be up to 25. So I think some people are like, well, I want to go with what's 100%, and I think it's like 99.9% effectiveness is the one where you flap up. But that just seemed so invasive to me. I thought, I I can't think about moving body parts around just. Put a good old silicone implant in there. <laughs> we'll just call it a day. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So. So that has not happened yet. That has not happened. Okay. Yet. Yeah. So I have a tissue expander in now, which is okay. exactly what it says. It expands yeah. your tissue. Is it but painful? It is uh, uncomfortable. Okay. Is that? It was painful in the beginning, just the surgery yeah. in general, obviously. Um. But now it's just very, very tender. So I have to be careful. Like if. Like my one son, his head level is right at my breast, and so when he comes to give me a crushing hug, I just have to immediately pull back my shoulders and kind of go concave, and then we're good. I just can still hug him. (laughs) Or if I'm holding my little ones in my lap, again, I just have to kind of pull back so that my chest is protected. Um, Until that's (laughs) out, like later. Yeah, because the tissue expanders are round and they have these okay. little tabs but they're they're clumsy and yeah they have like edges and so I think everything is just kind of I guess one is like hitting a nerve so he said once those come out in March and they have done their job where they create a pocket then the silicone implant should be I guess somewhat comfortable.
0: And all everything the can, the cancer's
1: out. Cancer is gone. Okay. Yes. That's that's Cancer amazing. Is gone. That's yes. That's the best news was obviously the best news possible. Right. And so you'll
0: get the implants and then yeah. you you're you're done. Just I'm sure right. I'm sure just regular checkups and things like that. Well I like
1: had to that. take a so my, my okay. particular prescription was I was positive, positive, negative. It was a positive progesterone, positive estrogen, and negative HER2. And that means that my my all of my stuff was hormone fed and if it's hormone fed and my they took they sent my stuff out to a lab in California and they said chemo is not going to help you. It changes it like by 1% your rate of getting oh, recurrent so cancer. No. Yeah. But you do need to take a anti-hormone pill
0: okay
1: which will then reduce your reduce if you take it every day for 9 years it will reduce your risk by down to 4% of getting recurrent cancer. And the only side effects are you get early signs of menopause. So I will, you know, Get those hot flashes sure. that were going to come anyway. They're coming a little early. <laughs> right. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> They're a little shocking every now and then I'm like, what am I? What's happening? I'm like, sweating like a fiend. What's going on? Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> oh. So I yeah, got that and then, and that's what, and I did the genetic testing to make okay. sure that I didn't have the BRCA gene because if you do, then your whole family has to be tested and everybody has to be tested because mm-hmm. you can all pass it on. But I didn't have that. Good. So at this point, it's just cancer's gone. I'm taking my pill. I'm waiting for the uh, end of the reconstruction process, which I wasn't even sure I wanted to do, honestly. For a while, I thought I'm just going to stay flat because I really was like, I don't really care. But then I thought, well, the doctors were like, you're so young. I'm like, am I young? What? You're right. very young. <laughs> I'll see you. I'll
0: see what you. I'll see you at the pool this summer. Yeah. We'll see what's going on yeah, there. You'll with that, yeah, you'll see, Sarah. I'll rain. be like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. um. <laughs> one question though did did it run in your family?
1: It did not. Okay. So I know this they is, asked yes, that. that's why yeah. I tell everyone that I can tell, hey, you know what, I felt nothing mm-hmm. and there was nobody that was, now I guess, there... so I did have an aunt
0: okay. that
1: has breast cancer, but she got it later in life Okay, and they said that's more common, so they consider that a very mild marker Okay, um, because of my age just being 40 and having nobody that was in my you right. know, immediate family or, or someone younger like that, they said that was, there was no marker for it. So I said, you just have no idea. You don't, yeah. And not to terrify people when they go in, like, don't be scared. Like go in there and think, let's let's take ownership over our bodies, right? Let's go over there and say what is going on. Mm. Like I wish they would scan everybody earlier. Like, right. Give me a whole freaking scan exactly. from top to bottom. <laughs> I know. Yes and no. Then I'm like, <laughs> right. oh, maybe I don't want to know some <laughs> right. things. But right, so it, it would be
0: yeah. So and that was my last question for you. Kind of was like, what advice would you have for moms? And I, clearly, that's one. Yeah. Go and do go these in. things. You know, and
1: go in and see if you if you can get. It is expensive, and so people are not going to be able to pay for it out of pocket you know, most people are not going to. So, but you could ask, ask your insurance. What is the earliest I can go in and get my breast scanned? And doing, make sure you're doing your self-breast exams, um, obviously. But the, me, myself and my other, I've had two good girlfriends recently who have been diagnosed and who also felt nothing. So the self-breast exam is great and necessary and you should be doing it. But on top of that, we need to be faithful about going in every year for our scans, talking to our doctors, how early can we get there? And just, you know, being proactive if we can. Right. And any other
0: advice for moms? Like, let's say they do get, you know, any kind of, you know, diagnosis that you don't want to get. You know, just kind of what would you say? You know, be open with your kids if, you know, everyone's different. Yeah, yeah, right.
1: Depending on your family and the dynamic of your family, doing it to the – giving them as much information as they can handle so they can feel like they're a part of the process without overwhelming them, letting them know that you are – human, and that things aren't always going to go great, but you're always going to be there for them regardless, and you're loving them, and then letting people love you, because the outpouring of affection and support that I experienced was beyond description, and uh, it can be hard sometimes to accept a lot of help. And I would say, if you are going through any kind of diagnosis, a surprising diagnosis, something that's rocking your world, and you have opened up a little bit to tell people about it, people want to help. Right. Let them love you. Let them support you. That makes them feel good. Yeah. It makes your Don't life easier. Don't just try easier. to say, like, no, no, we're good, we're good. No, just It let takes them. a village. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes.
0: That was something I, t- I also was going to ask you. Yeah. What can people do and say? Like, what, you know, because it's... That's the thing that you know, a lot of people don't know what to say or do. For you know, sure. it's like I wanna do something, I wanna say something, I don't wanna say the wrong yeah. thing, you know, and all yeah. that. But like, did you would did you prefer people to just you know, if they saw you like then, then, you, then I have this sometimes. Like, I'm sure they don't want to talk about that right. all the time. So you don't want to always say, you know, like how are you doing? But then if I don't say how are you doing, you know, what I mean, you don't right. want to seem You'll like I'm I am not care. About right. It, right. So <laughs> yeah. you know, I think people struggle yeah. with that kind of
1: stuff yeah. too. and I think it probably does come to more an individual basis, right? Because I was so open, mm-hmm. I think people were probably more uh, comfortable talking to me about it and asking me about it. For sure, it. right? Um. But, yeah, no, I loved that. I mean, in the hockey, for example, where I'm in hockey throughout three days a week, and it's a lot of dads, right? That's funny. And they knew yeah. what was going on. And when I would go in, I thought it was so sweet that they would just give me a little smile and say, How are you doing? Are you doing so okay? Sweet. And I'm yeah. like, just, I, I appreciated that yeah. personally. So I think checking up on people, mm-hmm. you can do it in a way. Like I have another friend, for example, who um, she would just send me a little text and says, Thinking of you, so not asking me a question, not making me take the time to like reply, but it's just good. let me, letting her know, hey, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for yeah. you. She would send me a little. Th- I mean, people were they found the ways that that worked out well for them that also fed me and my heart. So I would say definitely encouraging people. However. How there's no, like, wrong way for them. You know, there right. was no wrong
0: way to you. No, there was like, no it's wrong not way. like you're like, why'd this no. person do that for me? You know, no. it's like, so whatever it you think well. you can do. Yeah, you're yeah. like, oh,
1: of course you would reach out to yeah. me this way because this is who you are, That's and I love that. Yeah. And then meals. Oh, my gosh, guys. Bring your sweet friends meals <laughs> because, it, you know yeah. how, as a mom, every day anyway – Right. Not and you're then talking about to, diagnosis. And then just when you have to deal with that yeah. or you're not feeling well or you're right. just not feeling oh you're gosh. feeling sad or whatever yeah. it may be. Yeah. You're like someone else has taken that off of my shoulders. Hallelujah. Uh, <laughs> it's that's like great. the greatest yeah. feeling. Yeah. So making meals and just you know, finding ways yeah. that fit your personality to reach out to the other person that express love, however that looks. Good. Um,
0: yeah well thank you so much Sarah I, I loved having you here you're so open and honest and just the way that you talk about it and just your family is beautiful and obviously um, I'm completely thrilled you know with how yeah. the ending of your yeah. you know um, of your story here and, and so that's that's wonderful um, so thank you so much for, for coming on oh, and sharing you're with so us
1: welcome. thanks for having me of course
0: This episode is sponsored by Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at mazdakent.com. Thank you for listening to Apparently Speaking. Listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and iHeartRadio. Find the podcast and much more at northeastohioparent.com. Like Apparently Speaking on Facebook and email me at podcast at northeastohioparent.com.